It is Thursday, July the 9th. Uh, I'm very happy to say that this episode uh, is going to be pretty much entirely sports-based. Right. Isn't that fucking exciting? No? Shit. The greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about eh, almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? What is happening? How's it going? Uh, happy Thursday. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, a lot of sports stuff. Not a ton of actual playing of sports. Just a bunch of the, you know, random nonsense swirling around the sports world, which is great. Uh, I filled up the old uh, Evernote app with a bunch of different sports things and had a handful of sports things to talk about uh, that, you know, we'll we'll do. And, um, you know, I'm going to talk about I'm just making notes here so I don't forget shit. A lot of stuff. Right from the jump. Uh, big news. Um, put in an offer on a house. The other day, that offer was accepted yesterday, so we're going to be moving, which is great. So the broadcast palace will be shifting at some point here in the next, uh, I think we close in like a month. So we'll be shifting. We have a new, hopefully uh, beautiful uh, uh, broadcast area, fingers crossed, um, you know, so that the four listeners that I have can uh, can listen and you know while I talk from a different spot. Not that exciting. I mean, the house is great house, nice yard, uh, room for my mother in law, which is terrific. And uh, yeah, it's good. Looking forward to it. You know, not that I dislike where we are now, because I love this place. This place is fantastic. It's been. Wonderful, but we need a little extra room. Uh, here we go. And it just so happened that this is the craziest fucking market in the history of the country. And we decided to buy something, which, you know, and I'm unemployed. So there's that too. But yeah. So right off the top, a couple things that I wanted to talk about. Um, Monday afternoon. After I had recorded and um, posted the show, uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs come out uh, with a contract. That's where I want to start. Well, I actually want to start with Joey Chestnut. But there was one thing that I did write down, an observation I had. Uh, might have been, might actually might have been Monday uh, in the afternoon after I'd already recorded. But what the fuck is with? the Jeep and motorcycle people waving at other Jeep and motorcycle people. I, I don't understand it. So 
I'm driving down um, the street the other day, and I'm behind this kid in a Jeep. Now, it looks like a new Jeep, but this kid doesn't look any older than fucking 20, 21 years old. So either his parents bought it, he stole it, or he's just incredibly savvy with his money, saved up and bought it on his own. But every fucking Jeep that's coming by, he's putting his hand out the window and, like, waving. Like, what the... Hey, you have a Jeep, too. What more can be communicated in that movement? Same with the motorcycle people. It's like, you know that fucking thing's coming. And you have to put your hand down to acknowledge the, the passing motorcycle? I'm going to start doing it to other Honda Fits. See what happens. You know, because why the fuck can't there be a Honda Fit click? You know? Look, there aren't many of us. There are far fewer people with Honda Fits than fucking Jeeps and motorcycles. I'll just throw up the horns, you know? Every time I see a Honda Fit go by... If the window's down, and in my car it will be because I have no air conditioning. So I'll throw up the horns. Hey, I see your I see your fit. What up? Uh, oh, Jesus. Hopefully that didn't get picked up. But yeah, throw up the horns like, hey, nice fit. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Honda fits. Practical. Plenty of room. Save money on gas. Not like the motorcycles. Like, oh, hey. Uh, hello, fellow noise pollution creator. How are you? Or the Jeep people. Hello, fellow earthy, crunchy, uh, trust fund kid. Hello. And this kid, he must have done this fucking... I mean, I was behind him for quite a while. It was probably like a solid... God, I don't know. Maybe like 12, 13, 14 miles, something like that, roughly. Uh, straight shot the whole time. So, I mean, I must have saw him do it six or seven times. And the first couple times I saw it, I was like, what the fuck is this dude doing? And then I picked up on it. The thing of it is, though, nobody that I noticed uh, reciprocated. So I don't think all the Jeep people are in on the Jeep thing. The motorcycle people, it's always funny to me when you see someone who's on a motorcycle who does that, and then the person they do it to does not respond. You know, typically it's like a, you know, an older guy in like a, a bigger, quieter, slower vehicle who just happens to like riding on a motorcycle occasionally. Not going to get involved with whatever shenanigans is going on with the hand signals. Not to say there are shenanigans going on with the hand signals. I just think it's a general, hey, we're in a, uh, you know, a select group of people. Which is why I want to start the Honda Fit click. I'm gonna write that down. That's pretty. That's pretty good. 
Yep. There we go. Honda Fit Click. And it can come out of my mouth the same way. <laughs> Fucking fat douchebag. Uh, yeah, what else? Jeez. Um, the video of uh, the 10 Dog Challenge is now up on the YouTube page. Uh, check it out. Um, complaints and observations at YouTube. Please. Um, I thought it was funny. There's some funny shit in there. I got a kick out of it. Uh, I hope, um, you know, if you do happen to watch it, please subscribe to the, uh, to it. Because thus far, uh, three views, three views on this, and um, one of them is mine. And the other one is probably Jeff, who was the poor schlub uh, eating the hot dogs. So, yeah, check it out. It was it was fun. It was funny. And it's depressing at the same time. But, yeah, that's that. So, yeah, as I mentioned, the uh, 10 dog challenge the other day, and there were a couple things that I put down uh, that I wanted to remember, but I can't remember the context. Uh, of why I um, wrote these two quotes down. Mainly because I, you know, was drunk at the time of the 10 dog challenge. But the first one was somebody had said, uh, Joey Chestnut is the Babe Ruth of hot dogs. Incredibly apt. Another world record for Joseph. Joseph Chestnut. I wonder what his middle name is. Probably like uh, Stephen. You know, something stupid. Not that, you know, people named Stephen are stupid. That's not the case at all. But Christian, huh? Joseph Christian Chestnut. He's only 36. Holy shit, I thought he was older than that. 61230. Wow. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Joseph Christian Chestnut. Hmm. Uh, also, another thing that was uh, somebody said, and I, I mean, it was funny because I wrote it down, but it was, quote, I love hot dogs and pulling out, end quote. I have no idea the context. Uh, I don't recall who said it either. Uh, but it's funny, just that line. I love hot dogs and pulling out. Good stuff. So, uh, sports, yay. Uh, Patrick Mahomes contract. So listen, a couple of things. When I first heard this, I was like, holy fuck, that's a lot of dough. And then, you know, you realize it's the NFL, so it's all funny money anyway, most of it. The more I looked into this, the more I read about it, it's uh, – you know, obviously, Mahomes are going to make money. That's a given. But the Chiefs, they actually did pretty good here. They're locking this down for, you know, four, ten years, hypothetically. But, I mean, they can come out of this. Um, they can cut them. They would eat some, they would have some, some dead money for an upcoming season. So, I think it was like 2026. 
is when like the big uh, chunk or the bigger, biggest chunk, where basically he gets a $12 million salary and a $50 million bonus. In 2025 or 20, I think it actually draw. It has to be decided upon in 2025. It drops 2026. So if you think about it, it's five years out. The kid's 25, 26. I think he's 26. So by that time, he's 31, roughly. Uh, gets the big chunk of money, and now the Chiefs will. You know, you you think the argument is that you know the cap's going to go way up. He's going to be able to continue earning money. But if something happens, let's say he blows out a fucking knee. Which, look, it's football. Like, the kid's going to get hurt. I say that when, you know, Tom Brady just played 20 years without really getting hurt. With the exception of the one year. Um, But the Chiefs have the opportunity to, to drop him. And I think Mahomes has an out in there somehow. I don't know exactly what it is, but um, you know they're not going to be paying him for ten years. That's there's going to be some restructure somewhere, especially towards the end. At least you'd you'd assume that to be the case, yeah. Oh fuck! Oh, I'm already bored of my own show. I can imagine how you people feel, all three of you. Oh, man. But yeah, it was an interesting uh, read when you kind of figured it out. You broke it down. You saw, you know, how this was going to affect the Chiefs long term. And it, if you kind of go by the, the projected growth year over year of the cap, uh, once that big number hits, he's still only going to be about 15, 16% of the cap. There's some weird stat out there about no team has ever won a Super Bowl when they've had one player occupying more than, I think it was 16% of the salary cap. Real nerdy, dorky shit. But if you think about it, it makes sense. I mean, if you have that much in one person, I mean, granted, it's the quarterback, who theoretically is the most important player on the team. I disagree. I would say it's a left tackle, but that's just me. Um, you know... You have to have an out somewhere, and I think the Chiefs given them have given them themselves an out somewhere down the road. The thing that really fucks things up here is old Patty Mahomes here has basically fucking screwed over some of his um, quarterbacking brethren. Deshaun Watson for one, Dak Prescott for another. Prescott's here fighting with the Cowboys. Wants a short-term deal. Uh, now you're going to have Jerry Jones like pointing to Pat Mahomes and say, hey, look, yeah, he's better than you, and he took a 10-year deal. I mean, that's a, you know. I wonder if that comes into to play, if that's brought up, you know, when they're having that discussion. Uh, apropos of nothing, my mother likes to call the president numbnuts. And it makes me laugh every time. She just sent me a text saying the tax man is coming for numb nuts, which is funny and true. But, uh, yeah, good stuff. Supreme Court's busy. Yeah, the president appoints two guys and they, you know, 
<laughs> they, they side with the majority on this uh, most recent uh, case. Okay, uh, getting off topic, but... So, I mean, he's basically screwing... And he's not. He's not screwing them, per se. You're not physically, obviously, you sick fuck. But listen, he's kind of making it a bit more difficult for other quarterbacks to sort of plan out their future. Because, look, the Cowboys aren't giving Dak Prescott a 10-year deal. Houston's dumb. They may do it, and they would fuck it up somehow and give uh, you know Watson a, a, a bigger contract. But, um, yeah, it's funny. You know, it, it's weird. Um, and it, it, it's, it's, it apparently he like Mahomes loves it. He's fine with it. He wanted to stay. So that's why he did it. Blah, blah, blah. They put in all kinds of clauses that basically he can't do anything but fucking play football, get out of bed and play video games. That's it. Which I'm kind of surprised. I, I would have assumed that he would put something in there to play baseball if need be. I would say he gets hurt and he can't play football, but he can still pitch. He's got that gene, you know. He could be a fucking mediocre journeyman. Journeyman? Mediocre journeyman. Mediocre journeyman. Just like his dad. Which in baseball is the best way to be. Love it. Left-handed specialist, a loogie. Um, but yeah, so that it was interesting. The timing was interesting as well. But what can you do? Uh, next topic. So let me just clear this out so I don't start staring at random shit. Uh, the Rona. Whew. Woo, man, the Rona is coming, and it's coming strong, but only in you know places that are dumb, <clears throat> Florida. Um, but FC Dallas uh, and, and MLS basically were kicked out of the MLS's back tournament uh, because there was like 12 guys that caught the Rona. So, all right, see you later. It's funny because you're going to see more of this in these sort of enclosed environments. The NBA... I hope they're not. I hope they're doing this right, um, because you know when they picked Florida, Florida wasn't as stupid as it is currently. Uh, but you know, Florida is creeping up on. They've already passed Massachusetts, New Jersey, in terms of total cases throughout the entire course of the Rona, and their you know their numbers are through the fucking roof. So it remains to be seen how that plays out. The NHL was smart and went to Canada. Bravo. Nicely done. Um, you know, because in Canada, if somebody gets sick, they can just go to the doctor and not have to worry about it. Weird, huh? Um, but yeah, FC Dallas getting the boot. It's like, whew, wow. Big deal. Well, then you had a game yesterday. Uh, the, I think it was Nashville. They had four guys in the team that got the Rona, so they had to postpone. It's going to happen more. And I think as these sports start up, it's going to happen more. I'm very curious to see what happens if, let's say, a star player, a legitimate star player in the NBA gets this thing. Let's say Giannis gets it. What's going to happen? 
You really think the NBA is going to say, well, Giannis, you got to sit out for two weeks? Bullshit. They'll test that fucking kid six ways to Sunday until it comes up negative and put him right back on the floor. Two days, four days, six days, whatever. You know, they have this neat and tidy 130-page document, booklet, whatever you want to call it, that outlines everything, but there's no fucking way. No way. That's happening. Uh, it's going to happen in baseball. It's already happening. Uh, our, our beloved Boston Red Sox, the, you know, only good starter they have, uh, Eddie Rodriguez, he got it. He's got the Rona is not feeling a hundred percent according to, uh, interim lackey Ron Renicky in charge of this fucking shit group. They're going to lose games 10, nine every fucking night. I shouldn't say 10-9. It could be 20-9, because their pitching is horrific. Horrific. Nathan is going to be the opening day starter. Nathan Evaldi, who's... In, mostly his entire body is held together by rubber bands and fucking wet Cheerios. They're fucked. I took the under. I think, the, I think it was like... I think it was 30 games... 30 wins? I think it was 30 wins. I took the under. I get like minus 110, I think. If I had more money to gamble, I would fucking hammer that all day long. Because this team is going to fucking smell. Already got four guys with the Rona. Probably going to be more, if I had to guess. I don't really see the baseball season finishing. So, I still would bet on baseball over me having my shit together. But, they're not in the best spot by any means. By any shape, form, whatever. They're not. Um, I took... I made two futures bets this morning. One on the Braves. I think I got... Plus 1,400 on the Braves. And then I took the A's to win the American League uh, at plus, I'll say plus 800. I have to double check, but because um, it's a fucking crapshoot. This whole season is a crapshoot. If they manage to play the whole thing, if they get through the entire season, which I'm not convinced they will, some rando-ass team is going to win this thing. This could be the year that Tampa Bay wins the whole thing. They'll win horrifically boring boring games every night. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's honestly, it's straight greed, sports. Because it's not, it's not as if they have to, they're paying, say, you know, the concessions folks and the ushers and things like that, because they're not going to be there. It's simply to make TV money. And it, you know, look, uh, I I like sports, love sports. I want them back. But it's Sean Doolittle the other day said that sports are a reward for a functioning society. 
have a, a large segment of the population who cannot be inconvenienced to wear a fucking piece of cloth on their face for a half hour when they go to a goddamn grocery store. What makes you think they deserve to have sports? They don't. Which is why it's going to get fucked. Something's going to happen to all of these sports. Uh, and it's going to be, it's going to suck. It's going to be shitty. It's, it's not good. Um, what else? So going back to the NBA, the bubble in the NBA, these guys have been posting videos or, or in pictures of the food that they're getting. And they're portioned, uh, you know, individually packaged meals. So, you know, you have your salad in this container, your fruit in this container, your steak in this container, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so on. And people are complaining. Wow. You know, it's, uh, this is not a normal time. These folks are going to be inconvenienced for at most a month, maybe a month and a half. Some will be inconvenienced a little bit longer, as much as three months. And that's only because your team is doing well. Once you lose, you're gone. You leave. You don't stick around. But, you know, these are the things that you agreed upon when you decided to, uh, to be greedy and come back and play. Now, you need to sacrifice a little bit more. You need to eat what they feed you. I'm sure there are ways around this. I don't know what. But my assumption is that DoorDash can deliver somewhere near where this bubble, quote-unquote, is. These gentlemen have a phone. They have money. Order some food. Have them fucking drop it at the front gate at Disney World. You can go out and grab it. You know? Just, you know, weird to me that that's a complaint. Uh, I mean, they're being crammed into... The hotel room thing is a bigger complaint. They all get their own room, apparently. But, I mean, you get guys that are fucking seven feet tall staying in a Disney World resort. That can't... That, that's not going to fly. Who is Ennis Cantor, I think, posted a video of his room. And it's one bed. You know, they took the other bed out, put in a chair or something. Try to make it as comfortable as possible. Again, not a normal circumstance. You're going to have to live with a couple of these uh, quirky things. So, you know, I don't, I cannot wait for the stories of the random NBA dudes who leave the bubble to go to Tampa, uh, end up at Mons Venus for four hours with a face full of muff, and then go back to the bubble, and that next thing you know, they're, uh, you know, it's being reported, oh, so-and-so was at Mons Venus last night, so-and-so had to sneak out and go to the Buffalo Wild Wings. That's going to be entertaining. That could end up being more entertaining than the actual basketball game. Because I have a feeling that for the first half of this thing, the the actual quality of basketball is going to fucking stink. It's going to be bad. How many of these dudes haven't fucking done anything or, or 
I mean, some of them have apparently for the last month or so, but I mean, a majority of these guys don't have gyms. I mean, look, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe a majority do, but there's going to be a bunch of guys that don't and haven't done anything. Heard a story today that apparently uh, rookie Grant Williams from the Celtics has been staying with Kemba Walker the entire time. Since the shutdown, he's been staying with Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker has a gym. Grant Williams is going to come out on fucking fire. Probably not, but that would be interesting to see how that plays out. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping against hope that the NBA, you know, that all these guys take a step back, look at the big picture, realize that this is what they need to do, and play the season. And uh, I got the Celtics futures. I think I got plus 1,600 on that. So good news. few other things. Quickly, um, Cowboy Joe West, the umpire, is a fucking moron. Quote, you're out of your mind, end quote, if you think that all of these deaths from the Rona are from the Rona. And this selfish fucking douchebag's like, ah, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna umpire, are you kidding me? Even though I'm a 67-year-old obese man who wants to set the record for most games umpired. Now, here's the thing. Nobody could tell you who the all-time leader in games umpired is. And if they can, they wouldn't be able to tell me what the number was. They could if they cheated. Because seeing this gentleman's name, uh, I've never heard of him. Doesn't mean shit. You know, could have been around forever. I don't know. He is in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, I didn't know that they put umpires in the Hall of Fame. It's quite frankly, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, like... All right, so now I'm looking at this guy. All right, his name is Bill Clem, K-L-E-M. Born February, February, ah, February, 1874. (laughs) 1874. What the fuck are we doing here? Ah, boy. He decided to pursue umpiring after reading an article about Major League umpire Silk O'Laughlin. Names were so much better back then. Silk's real name was Francis, but still, Silk. I mean, ridiculous. Uh, So Bill Clem, uh, he umpired from Let's see, Uh, 1905 until he retired in, what year did he retire? 
1940. Nope. That doesn't really say. Huh. No, well, sometime around 1940. Uh, he holds the record for most ejections by an umpire with 251. <clears throat> Which is interesting. Yeah, so around 1940, 1941. 1905. So he, he umpired for 35 fucking years. I mean, how the hell do you... You can't verify that fucking number. 5,375 games for... For uh, Bill Clem. Clem. Bill Clem. Known as the Old Arbitrator. <laughs> what the fuck kind of shit nickname is that? <laughs> oh my god. That is so bad. Like, who the... I, no offense, but who the fuck cares about the, about this guy? Who the fuck cares about Joe West? The only, the only reason you even know Joe West is because he fucking sucks. Because his strike zone changes day to day. It's the only reason you know who the fuck Joe West is. I would contend, in fact, that the best umpire ever, nobody knows who the fuck he is. Wonder why? Because he didn't make the fucking game about himself like Joe West. I mean, it's fucking turkey neck. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck, man. God. I don't know why I got so fired up about Joe West. Oh, the uh, landscapers are here. Hold on a second. You might still hear them going by, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, Cowboy Joe West. Fuck that guy. Uh, not literally. You sick fuck. Um, yesterday, uh, Wednesday, the 8th of July, there was a story about Stanford University cutting 11 varsity sports. Now, uh, that sucks. That ain't cool. Um, most of them were... You know, not exactly uh, high-earning uh, sports. Squash was in there. They're fucking, you know, they ride by on these things. Just kick up dirt. You know. And they show up randomly. It's And it just seems like it's every fucking Thursday. Um, usually it's earlier than this. Currently right now it's 11.30 a.m. Usually they're here earlier. Um, but because they're on their own fucking schedule, they just show up whenever they fucking feel like it. So that's one of the things I'm not going to miss about living in this place is the landscapers. They're terrible. They don't do a very good job. And we've gone through, I think, three or four companies in the six years or so that I've personally been here. None of them are good. And I want to hire somebody to do my house. And it's like, what the fuck? What am I going to do? Anyways, back to Stanford. Got off track there. 
they cut some sports. Squash was one, like co-ed, synchronized swimming or some shit. Um, you know, and, and all these schools are doing the same thing. And, you know, they're citing, uh, citing the pandemic and whatnot. But um, men's and women's fencing, field hockey, something called lightweight rowing, men's rowing, uh, co-ed and women's sailing. Apparently men's sailing, no problem. Squash, synchronized swimming, men's volleyball and wrestling. Now, Stanford is a Pac-12 uh, or Pac-10, whatever they're called now, school. Volleyball's fucking huge. Huge. And they just cut their men's volleyball program. Massive. That's a big deal. I heard this, and then I I heard the two jamokes on... Um, pardon the interruption. But it wasn't... Um, uh, it wasn't um, Kornheiser. Sorry. Jesus Christ. It was um, some other guy and Michael Wilbon. And Wilbon is, is basically trying to justify what Stanford did by saying, well, you know, the cost of travel and this and that. And it's like, oh, wow, wah, 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 cry me a fucking river. I immediately took to the Google machine, which is I am want to do. Uh, and saw that Stanford has the fourth largest college endowment in the country at roughly $24 billion. Now, that doesn't mean a whole lot, but it means something. The athletic departments in a lot of these schools are, are typically separate entities from the schools themselves. So D1 schools typically will... Uh, if they're on the larger side and if they have those large revenue generating sports, basketball, football, um, they will typically use revenues from those two sports to pay for the uh, non-revenue generating sports. Men's fencing, women's fencing, synchronized swimming, squash, whatever. However... The hypocrisy there is that it's it's multifaceted. One, uh, the continued fallacy of amateur athletics, college sports, saying that you know these kids can't get paid because they're amateurs. Yet the athletic departments in a lot of these large schools, where the kids that would get paid are, are playing. Are, are run as a business. They are run as a business. They source all of their endorsement deals, their sales. They all have massive sales departments within the athletic department. I would just love to know how much each of these costs. Now, the rowing and sailing aspects, okay, the equipment is probably a little bit more expensive than, say, field hockey and synchronized swimming. Synchronized swimming, you already have a fucking pool. It's the same goddamn pool. They're just not doing laps. So, oh, we gotta get rid of that. Men's volleyball. You already have women's volleyball. 
and you have a very successful women's volleyball program, no reason to cut the, the men's side. I don't even know what the fuck squash is. It's like a racquetball sort of thing. I don't give a fuck about squash. Shouldn't have squash anyway. Get that out of here. Field hockey. You have a field, sticks, and a ball. But they're going to say that it's travel. They're going to say that it's, you know, the cost of the coach. How much could a fucking squash coach make? Let's see. Stanford squash coach salary. I mean, they're a private university, so I don't expect to know that, but well, let's try this. Let's see if there's something for like UCLA. No. Well, okay. Zip Recruiter says that a squash coach, the average annual salary is $45,560. Stanford University just basically uh, destroyed somebody's life over 45 grand. And quite frankly, I don't understand how you could take your... How does the AD there look in the mirror and say, boy, uh, we would not remain... This is the fucking quote. Quote, we would not remain financially stable and support 36 varsity sports at a nationally competitive level, which is what we desire. End quote, and fuck you. This is my... I've had a beef with the NCAA... And, and colleges for quite some time and the constant ongoing bullshit when it comes to quote unquote air quotes here amateur athletics go the fuck away like you the revenue that these departments make especially on the the d1 side is staggering staggering for somebody who is employed by Stanford in their $24 billion endowment to say that they could not remain financially stable is a slap in the face to anybody with half a fucking brain. A ton of kids. And then they had the fucking nerve to say, oh, they can all compete in the 2021 school year. Hey, guess what? Shit for brains. There probably isn't going to be uh, a season for these 240 kids and 22 coaches. Gross. Just gross. Projected deficit of $12 million in the fiscal year, which would grow steadily. Ugh. It's just all crying poor. With their $24 billion endowment. It's it's laughable. Is what it is. They gave pay cuts to all the fucking coaches. You know. Reduced the. Admin operating budget. Which basically probably means they fired their sales staff. Um, 
you know, and it's going to cost. We have calculated that the total incremental funding needed to permanently sustain these 11 sports exceeds $200 million. Show me that number. Show me where that comes from. Because no fucking way are you going to tell me that. Unless they're factoring in scholarships, which it's fucking Stanford. You're not letting in morons. Everybody that plays probably could most likely get an academic scholarship that you'd fucking hand out anyway. And how many fucking squash scholarships are there? Probably not many. Oh, just awful. And I'm sure there's some Title IX implications in there for, like, cutting the the men's volleyball uh, team. You can't cut the women's program, so you, you got to keep it even, which is fine. But holy crap. If I was any of those 240 kids, I'd be fucking pissed. And it's funny, because seven years ago, they got a gift... Of $151 million. The, just the athletic department. 151 And I'm sure if I took the time to dig into this, which... I, you know, it's not that I don't have the time. I got tons of time. Ultimately, it's boring. I mean, this entire segment has been boring for you, I'm sure. But this is the kind of crap that fucking germinates within my brain. Thinking about this nonsense all the time. Um, yeah. And look, some of that endowment is real estate, which is fine. You're in fucking California, so the real estate value is a little bit higher. They decide how much they want to spend. The income that's generated from the endowment, they a lot of these schools have a cap. So they don't want to spend more than 5%. All they're doing is hoarding money. That's it. And, it, you know, there's been studies that have talked about, you know, the behavior behind this. Where they put their money, where the endowment goes, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I could go on for much longer, but I'm boring the fuck out of you. And I, I apologize. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about was Julian Edelman put out a great video today on his Instagram page talking about uh, Deshaun Jackson being an anti-Semitic uh, moron, which he is. And then uh, Julian Edelman taking the high road and basically saying, hey, let's talk. I'll take you to the Holocaust Museum. You can see that. You can go to the African American History Museum. I'll see that. Then we'll have burgers, which was a little odd. But uh, he is... All in on Judaism, and rightfully so. If that's his thing, that's his thing. Religion isn't for everyone, myself included. Mainly because I think it's dumb. But, again, that's just me. And I liked the way that he expressed himself in the video. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. It was good. Expressed himself well. Uh, he expressed, expressed himself in a very calm uh, manner sort of explain his feelings as you know probably one of the more prominent Jewish athletes uh, in sports not just the NFL uh, 
but so it was good. I enjoyed it. Good on him for that. He smartly wore uh, one of his JE11 hats in the video. So not only was he, uh, you know, talking about his faith, he was also doing a little marketing. Fucking brilliant, Jules. Nicely done, sir. Way to go. The, the downside is he wasn't wearing a, t, uh, a JE11 t-shirt. So missed opportunity there. But he did have the hat on. It's just a matte black JE11. It was pretty cool. I, I liked it. I would never buy it. But I liked it. So. So that's that. This has been a long episode. I hope you stuck around for the episode because I spewed a lot of crap. This is the thing that like I don't know if I could do all sports because th- then they would be way too long. I would need somebody else. And again, for the 8,000th time, if you're interested in being on the show, please let me know. You can reach out. Uh, showmail at complaintsandobservations.com. You can leave me a voicemail. Just take a look at the link in each show page. Um, go to the YouTube page. Watch Jeff uh, fill his body with sodium. It's pretty funny. Uh, complaints pod on Twitter, complaints and observations pod on Instagram, which I got to see if I can change. I just might make that complaints pod as well. You know, right. Be good. Uh, and if you have my number, give me a call, you know, send me a text. I did get an email uh, the other day from, uh, from Brian, faithful listener, Brian. Thank you. Uh, that'll be discussed on Monday. But uh, that's it. Fiend, enjoy your weekend. Thank you. Uh, For the love of God, tell your fucking friends. If you don't have friends, tell me. Tell me if you don't have friends. Is that the problem? Are you a fucking loser like me? If that's the case, tell me, and then you'll be forgiven. Uh, Bumper stickers are coming. I ordered them. Shouldn't have, but I ordered them. If you'd like one, let me know. I'll mail you one. Then you can slap it somewhere that everybody can see it, including your friends. Yeah. But that's it. Thank you so much. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.